This episode of The Lutheran Cartographer is sponsored by Ad Crucem. Get wonderful gifts, Christmas ornaments, art, and cards at adcrucem.com or go to lutherancartographer.com slash 2020gifts to be taken to their site. The Lutheran Cartographer, episode 47. Welcome to the Lutheran Cartographer, the podcast where we explore what it's like to be Lutheran in different places. I'm your host, Nicholas Weber. Today we are going to the capital of Wisconsin, Madison, to talk to Pastor Ryan McDermott. He is the pastor of our Savior Deaf Lutheran Church there. Pastor McDermott, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Help orient us geographically. We're in Wisconsin and in Madison, Madison specifically. Help orient our listeners who might not be familiar with Wisconsin where exactly we are in the state. Okay, so Madison is kind of south-central Wisconsin. Uh, it's the state capital, but it's actually the second largest city in the state. Um, and Madison is where, coming in from the west, you have... I-90, 94, 39, all running together. In Madison, 94 splits off and heads to Milwaukee, and 9039 heads south toward Chicago. Okay, gotcha. Good deal. So tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you came to Madison. Okay, so I... Uh, depending on how far, you want to, how far back you want to go, um, I was called um, a year ago as a district missionary of the South Wisconsin District. Um, my official 50-cent title is Missionary at Large to the South Wisconsin District for Deaf Ministry, assigned to Our Savior Deaf Lutheran Church and the Madison Deaf Community. So what that means is I, my divine call was extended by the South Wisconsin District Board of Directors. Um, and I was called to do deaf ministry in Madison and the surrounding communities um, based at our Savior Deaf Lutheran Church. Um, the South Wisconsin District is one of only three districts in the LCMS that actively financially support deaf ministry. Um, and the way that they are supporting the ministry here in Madison is the, the district uh, make sure I get paid. They support the congregation by providing a pastor. Um, and actually, I am the the pilot, the guinea pig, if you will, of a new model of missionaries for do domestic mission work. So 10% of my funding comes from the congregation I serve. 40% comes from the, the South Wisconsin district through mission giving and offerings and things like that to the district. Then the other 50% comes through the LCMS Office of National Mission through donors all over the Synod who give to National Mission. I see. That's really interesting. So that's a new model. Let's go ahead and talk a little bit more about that maybe later in the podcast. For now, give us a little bit more about your background, where you went to seminary and where you grew up. Kind of, I want to kind of get a feel of like what area, other areas you've been in, so our listeners have an idea of how you might compare it to other to where you are now. Sure. Um, yeah, I have kind of 
bounced all over the world a little bit. Um, I was born and raised in Los Angeles, California. Um, I'm a third generation Angelino. Um, I actually, on one side of my family, I have roots in California that go back to the first Spanish governors. But then I moved to Minnesota and went to Concordia St. Paul. So spent four years there and I attended the campus ministry at the University of Minnesota, um, which is where I got to know my wife. Uh, she went to the University of Minnesota. Then from there, I, I was in the pre-seminary program, went to seminary at Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, then served my vicarage in Omaha, Nebraska, moved back to Fort Wayne. Then my first call into the ministry was to Elma, Iowa, which is a small farming community of less than 600 people in northeast Iowa. Um, and we were there for four and a half years. I had never lived in a small town before. I got to learn more about pork production than I ever thought I would need to know. I have to say that, in my opinion, the Alma Locker makes the best bacon I have ever had. <laughs> Small-town lockers are awesome. Fantastic. Good deal. So then from there, you, you went to where you are now? No. So from there, then I accepted a call from the Office of International Mission to be a missionary in West Africa. Oh, okay. So we, we moved in with my wife's parents in Western Wisconsin, while we were doing fundraising and preparing to, to move overseas. And then we, in August of 2016, we moved to Accra, Ghana, um, which was our first stay on the mission field. And I served partly as a theological educator, but also working in deaf ministry with the Evangelical Lutheran Church of Ghana. Then from there, uh, some things got realigned in the, the mission in West Africa, and the decision was made that I would go and teach in the seminary in Togo. But to do that, I needed to learn French. So we moved to Burkina Faso and spent nine months, um, basically full-time immersion in French language learning. Learning French in Africa is a lot different than the stories I've heard from other missionaries about learning French in France. <laughs> <laughs> How is that? Well, like some of our other missionaries talked about, you know, they went to language school in France and they would sit in the classroom and then they would go out into town and try to use their, their newfound language skills. And the shopkeepers or the store clerks or whatever would just get frustrated and would just, be, would just respond back to them in English. And so they could kind of cheat. Well, in Francophone Africa, people don't speak English. There is no cheat. <laughs> so and you have so to. It was just kind of like being dropped into it. Uh huh. And so, like, really fast, I, I ended up having to learn like all kinds of vocabulary that you don't learn in like French 101. And learning things like how to fight with your gardener and how to hire a trash pickup person <laughs> and all of these like random things that I had to learn like right away. Anyway, we were in Burkina Faso for about nine months. Um, then we moved to Dapong, Togo, 
which is where the seminary is, the Centre Luthérien d'Études Théologiques, uh, Lutheran Center for Theological Studies. Um, and I taught there for about a year. Um, and then in June of 2019, we came back to the U.S. Um, and then in November, it, so this Sunday will be a year that I've been at Our Savior. Fantastic. So you have a well of experiences to draw on when you compare where you are now in Madison with the other places you've been. Tell us a little bit more about how you'd compare and contrast either culturally or just the way things are. Madison is kind of a culture island in in the upper Midwest. A number of the major cities are, but Madison is known for being weird. You know, before we got started, you were talking about the, the secularization of the Pacific Northwest. Well, a lot of that has happened here in Madison also. So in Wisconsin, we actually have a nonprofit advocacy group called the Freedom From Religion Coalition or Organization. And they fight to keep religion out of public life. Oh, wow. Which is interesting because on the other side of things, there's an organization in town called the Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty. And they fight for kind of conservative political values. And so sometimes freedom from religion and will clash in the courts. And you get interesting situations. All right. So how does that play out in terms of the day-to-day, do you think? Well, you like if you just kind of drive around town, you see a lot of kind of signs of secular culture, you know, a lot of like rainbow flags, um, you know, a lot of these yard signs that, you know, love is love, Black Lives Matter, you know, this whole listing of kind of liberal political causes all condensed down into a, you know, two by four yard sign. Um, you know, unfortunately, like the, like Madison East High School on their flagpole is flying uh, uh, a rainbow flag. Wow, crazy. And so, you know, because the University of Wisconsin is here in Madison, you get a lot, you know, UW is known for being a, a liberal school, just like your UW probably is. <laughs> yes, <laughs> this is true. The, you know, there's a lot of that that kind of flows through things. Back in the summer when the, you know, tensions were really high with like Black Lives Matters and a lot of that kind of stuff, we did have riots in town. Um, there were some businesses destroyed and things like that. Um, you know, not as bad as in, in bigger cities, but we did have some of that. I see. All right. So now let's transition to what you like best about Madison. What are some of the things that you'd say, these are reasons to, to be in this place or to move to this place? So Madison is, is kind of, the, uh, it can be a pretty cool intersection of small town and big city. So we, like, there's, there's all of the, like, big city things. I mean, we have uh, a top-tier university here. We, you know, there's libraries, there's, you know, when COVID's not shutting everything down, you know, there's there's music, there's the arts, there's museums, we have a zoo, there's, uh, you know, there's like a half dozen state parks within an hour of Madison. Um, 
you know, there's all kinds of restaurants and grocery stores and, you know, all shopping and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, Madison has a regional airport. You know, it's not very big, but it's, it's pretty busy. There's a lot of good stuff here. But yet, you know, like we live in Cottage Grove, which is just outside Madison city limits. And Cottage Grove is a, vil- a village of 6,000 people. Granted, in the state of Wisconsin, political organization, like vi- to say something is a village doesn't really mean a whole lot. There are villages of like 15,000 people. <laughs> I don't understand that, but that's just the way they do things here. <laughs> but like Cottage Grove is kind of like this intersection of suburb, like up and coming suburb meets small town. So it's, you can still be within the Madison Metro and still kind of live in a small town type community. Okay, that makes sense. So to sum up kind of what you were saying, it's really that that meeting of some of the good things about being in a large place with all the amenities you mentioned with the the intimacy of a more uh, smaller place? Yeah. Okay, good deal. All right, so now let's go on to what you think some of the challenges of being in Madison are. What are some things that, that don't work as well? You're just kind of a, you know, basic thing traffic in madison is kind of weird you know right now it's a lot better because of covid but like the madison the the madison metro is built around a chain of lakes and so it's hard to get between parts of the city because you have to go around these lakes so it's not like you can just drive from the east side to the west side in a straight line you have to either go to the south and take the belt line around, or you have to wander these city streets to go around these lakes. Which, I mean, the lakes are cool. You can go out boating and swimming and beaches and all that kind of stuff, but it makes traffic kind of annoying. Um, and on the belt line, so one of the major employers in Dane County is a company called Epic that manages, creates and manages uh, online medical records. And Epic employs like 10,000 employees in a single campus. Wow. And so the traffic on the Beltline is driven by the Epic work schedule. (laughs) So you don't want to go west in the morning. You don't want to go east in the evening because you'll get stuck in all of the Epic traffic. (laughs) (laughs) Which would not be an Epic experience. Yeah. Yeah. Thankfully, I don't have to get on the Beltline most of the time, so I don't have to worry about it. And right now, because of COVID, like 98% of the Epic employees are working from home. So, <laughs> Gotcha. All right. So are there anything, other things that besides the stuff we've already mentioned, the in- increasing secularization, the, uh, the traffic, are there any other things that are challenges? Is the weather coming from Los Angeles a, ch- a challenge for you? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so I, I'm almost to the tipping point where I've lived in the Midwest as much as I've lived in California. Um, and when I first, like when I first moved to college, I thought winter was fantastic. Like I had never lived in snow and I thought it was this fantastic thing. But now like, like, you probably, as we've been on video, you've probably seen me like 
rubbing my hands. I worded the season of the year where my hands will not be warm until like next May. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, you know, okay, so it's winter, you know, the snow is pretty. My kids love to play in the snow and all of that. But, you know, there are times when, you know, I miss the heat of West Africa, (laughs) you know, being warm. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, you know, it's a challenge. But then, you know, I have to remind myself of the the wet, hot pot time in West Africa when it's like 115 and, uh, and 98% humidity. Ugh. So, you know, trade-offs. Six inches of snow on the ground, 120 degree, you know, heat index. You know, we don't have malaria here. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good deal. Let's take a moment for a word from our sponsor. Folks, Advent will be here before we know it, and Christmas will follow shortly thereafter. Ad Cruson wants to help you get ready this season with their wonderful collection of gifts, art, greeting cards, and Christmas ornaments. These things are great. They recently sent me some of their Christmas ornaments. They're pewter. They have a nice weight to them with striking designs on the front. They'll make a great gift for a loved one or a beautiful adornment for your own tree. They have a bunch of different designs. I gave one of their baptism ornaments as a gift recently, and I was proud and happy to do so. Ad Crucem also sells greeting cards and Christmas cards, one of my favorite of their offerings. They have just the right art on the front to punctuate the message, which is always robustly Lutheran. No saccharine, overly sweet bromides here. You'll find just the right message for every occasion. Check out their wonderful things at adcrucem.com. That's A-D-C-R-U-C-E-M.com or go to lutherancartographer.com slash 2020gifts to be redirected to their website. Check them out. Let's get back to our guest. So let's go on and talk about, you mentioned your kids. Let's talk about what it's like to raise a family in Madison. Okay. Yeah. So I have four kids. Uh, 12, 9, 7, and 5. And, you know, the like I talked about, there's a lot of cool stuff here, you know, for them to do and, you know, you know, parks and zoos and walking trails and nature and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, so there, there's a lot of opportunities, but then at the same time, you know, one of the reasons that we intentionally chose not to live within the city of Madison is because Madison public schools are very secularized um, and they are known for pushing liberal political agendas. And, you know, I mentioned earlier about Madison East High School flying a rainbow flag. You know, that's, you know, just kind of an surface symptom of the kind of stuff that goes on in some of Madison public schools. And so that's why we don't, we don't want our kids in those schools. Um, unfortunately, there are no LCMS schools in Dane County. That, that's surprising but, given the, the background of the number of Lutherans in Wisconsin. Yeah, well, so one of the things that I learned recently that is kind of interesting, and this goes back 
almost 100 years to when the, the LCMS, the Wells, and the ELS were in fellowship in the Synodical Conference. The church bodies of the Synodical Conference kind of divided up the upper Midwest, and they're like, you know, since we're all in fellowship, we don't need to compete. So you take this city, we'll take that city, you know, throughout the Midwest. And so, like in Wisconsin, um, La Crosse was a Wells town. Eau Claire was an LCMS town. Um, Madison was a Wells town. Wausau was LCMS. And so on across the state. And so because of that, historically, there weren't, there weren't many LCMS churches in Dane County because it was a Wells town. And since we were in fellowship, it wasn't a big deal. Well, then, after the, the, the Wells broke fellowship with us in, in the 1950s, well, then, you know, we started planting LCMS churches around, but there was never a school here. Um, there's, there's a Wells school, and there's an ELS school, and I think there's a couple of ELCA schools, but there's no LCMS school. Um, you know, one of, our, one of our LCMS parishes on the west side was trying to set up a, a school. And in fact, they were, they were supposed to launch this fall, but because of COVID, that scuttled that, so they're delaying for at least another year. But, you know, would we like to send our kids to a Lutheran school? Sure, but we can't. I see. So say a little bit more about what it's like to raise a family there. We've talked about the schooling situation. What what kind of opportunities in terms of things to do for the kids or other things that parents who are thinking about moving to Madison should know? So like my kid my my two older kids are in are in music. My my oldest son is taking cello and my my daughter is taking violin. Um there's there's a plethora of of music teachers in town. So if kids are into music, there's all kinds of opportunities for, for music lessons, things like that. Um, our family is not big into sports, so I don't know a whole lot about the sport, but I, you know, I see posters for like youth soccer and youth baseball and football and stuff like that. So, you know, that stuff is around, um, you know, and there's, there's, uh, you know, like YMCA's and stuff like that. Um, so those kinds of things are available. Um, the Madison Metro is is pretty a pretty good place in terms of um, bike trails and walking trails and things like that. So there's there's a lot of places to be able to to walk or ride or parks to just get out and let kids run stuff like that. That's been you know especially like last spring when everything was really tightly shut down. We have. Uh, a state trail that starts uh, about a mile from our house. So we couldn't do anything else, couldn't go to the parks, couldn't, you know, but we could take the kids and just walk a mile or so on the trail. And that was great to just get out and they could run and get some fresh air and whatever. Fantastic. Okay, so now let's transition and talk about what it's like to be Lutheran there. We've already talked about the increasing secularization of the area. We've talked about how in the um, 1800s there was this dividing up between the different uh, Lutheran um, 
synodical bodies. Talk a little bit more. Is there any other things that you'd like to add in terms of what it's like to be Lutheran in the Madison area? Well, because of the the rich Lutheran heritage in Wisconsin, most people, uh, and don't quote me on this, but my sense is most people have at least an awareness of this thing called Lutherans. You know, you, you can go to other places and people are like, Lutheran? And what's that? Here, people have at least, oh, there's a, there's a Lutheran church in my neighborhood, or, you know, I drive by this, you know, this Lutheran church on my way to work or what. There's the awareness that Lutherans are a thing. Um, but the challenge for us is that, especially as the LCMS, is that increasingly what people know of Lutheranism is the, the radical liberalism of the ELCA. Mm. Okay. And so the, for us as the LCMS is standing firm, yet still you know, showing Christ's love, to stand firm on the scriptures and to, to be unabashedly Lutheran. But we have, like, at, at the University of Wisconsin, we have a great opportunity because our our campus ministry is right in the heart of the UW campus. In fact, the, the university bookstore is in a building owned by the South Wisconsin District. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That, the, the, the bookstore is on the main floor level of the building, and then Calvary Lutheran Chapel it has the upper floor. And that's that's a big part of how the Lutheran campus ministry is supported. <laughs> so, and we have a great campus pastor there who who, who works with college students at UW. That's, so you know that's that's a huge opportunity. Yeah, that's fantastic. Okay, so now we've talked about what it's like to be Lutheran there. Let's now talk about some of the things that you love about the area, uh, hidden gems that you'd recommend, restaurants, activities, things to do. What would you say if you had a friend coming into town, ah, you got to go do this? We're in the state capitol, so, you know, the, you know it's cool to, to go see the state capitol. Um, one of the things the Wisconsin state capitol prides itself on is being open to all. So, like, I visited other state capitals where you have to show ID and go through metal detectors and all of that kind of stuff. The Wisconsin state capitol is just open. You know, during business hours, you can just walk in and walk around, and you can take a tour if you want, or you can just walk around and look. Um, and it's it's a cool building to be able to look around. Um, there's something like 15 different kinds of stone used in the building, and so there's actually fossils embedded in the walls of the state capitol building. Huh. So it's, you know, it's just, you know, that's a cool place to visit. And then that kind of gives you a sense of Wisconsin. Um, You know, of course, Wisconsin is known for beer, cheese, and and sausage. (laughs) So there's plenty of breweries around around the Madison area. Um, Increasingly, Madison is becoming kind of a cool place for the, you know, craft coffee scene. So I actually, this morning, just went to, I found a new coffee shop on my way to work and so grabbed a cup of coffee from this new coffee shop. Um, so, 
All right, good deal. So if you had to recommend maybe one of those breweries or one of those coffee shops, what would you recommend? You know, it's, it's actually a distillery, but in Cottage Grove, where I live, there's a, a distillery called Downdren's Distri- Distillery. Um, and they make, a, you know, a handful of different spirits. Like they they make a vodka, um, an immature brandy. They, they make a really nice coffee liqueur. Um, a couple of other things I can't think of off the top of my head. But then they're one of the places around that they, you know, when this pandemic started, they shifted. And so now, in addition to making drinkable spirits, they also make hand sanitizer. Nice. And so, and they go, and they've got this this cool setup where they've got a, not a beer garden, because it's a distillery, not a brewery, but, you know, the same kind of idea where they've got tables out on the lawn, and they've got a little stage where, like, Friday and Saturday nights, they have live music, and um, they don't serve food, but they, you know, they have signs up, you're welcome to bring your own food and just kind of sit there and whatever. And it's just a kind of cool place. And, you know, we, because we've been all over the country and all over the world, we enjoy supporting small, you know, small town businesses, small businesses. And so, you know, it's only like two miles from our house. Okay, good deal. So now let's go ahead. And as we start to close out the podcast, I want to make sure to give you the opportunity to point our listeners to anything that you would like, your church's website. Uh, I, you mentioned that some of your mission work is supported directly through the LCMS. Where can people go if they're interested in supporting you in your ministry? Our church's website is www.osdlc.org. Um, and you can find our contact information there. You can find us on Facebook, um, Our Savior Deaf Church. Um, you can... If you'd like to support us, you can also go to the South Wisconsin District website, swd.lcms.org, and you can find information on deaf ministry in the district there. Okay, good deal. What are your parting thoughts for our listeners, Pastor McDermott? Well, like we've kind of talked about, Lutherans are scattered all across the map, and the, the beauty of our faith is no matter how far we're scattered— we're all unified in Christ. Absolutely. Amen. Thank you again for your time today. God's peace. Yeah, glad to do it. Thanks for listening to The Lutheran Cartographer. For more about the things that we talked about today, check out the show notes page at lutherancartographer.com slash 47. I encourage you to check out Ad Crucem. Again, they have wonderful things that will help get you ready for all your gift giving in the holidays, you can find them at adcrucem.com or go to lutherancartographer.com slash 2020 gifts to be redirected. Make sure you're subscribed to the show on iTunes or on Stitcher so you don't miss an episode. And while you're there, I'd appreciate it if you would leave a rating or a review. That way more people will be able to hear this podcast. Until next time, I'm Nicholas Weber. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon.